Hello everybody, welcome to Outspoken. My name is Justin White, and this is episode 91. Um, the episodes are arriving somewhat uh, haphazardly these days, erratically, not on any uh, given schedule. And I think given what's going on in the world, I, it's just going to have to be that way at least for the time being. It feels pretty difficult these days to be inspired and creative and active uh, in pursuit of a future goal um, because the future seems fairly uncertain at the moment. I mean, I know there is a future. There will be time that passes after this current time that we're in. And I plan to be around for at least some portion of that. And I want my friends and family to be there too. And yet, it's I'm finding it really hard to, to visualize what any of that's going to look like. Um, especially for the next 50 days or so. Uh, I just feel a, a bit paralyzed. Like there's just nothing to do but wait and see. And I don't think I'm alone in that feeling, but... Maybe it's not the best way to be. I don't know. It doesn't feel very good. I'll put it that way. And uh, so I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to get to do things that bring joy and light and love and togetherness and all the good things that life has to offer. And remember that those are still around and will be as long as we keep them uh, as values, as things that we value. Um, so striving for that in spite of everything and, um, having periodic success. Uh, so this week or day or time, this episode, I spoke with an old, old friend, known each other close to 30 years, uh, my friend David Fremont. Uh, he, this is his second time coming on the show. He was way back at episode 14. Um, and part of the reason I wanted to have him back is because he just published his first uh, book. It's a children's book that he illustrated and wrote, and it's awesome. And uh, I'll tell. we're going to talk about it a bit, and then I'll tell you how to get one or more than one at the end of the show. So uh, let's listen to this, what I'm calling a rattle bush blown in the wind, or maybe a rattlesnake bush, and then we'll talk to Dave. So we sort of, we interrupted the, the flow, but do you want to... Can you s- sort of briefly summarize again what the what catch the munchies how it started? Yeah, I can I can uh, I can talk about the um, about the, where I first got the idea from. Yeah, just since we broke and came back. Um, so uh, I think the idea came from a lot of my ideas usually come from like when I'm when I'm near water. I figured I kind of realized. Like when I did public pool, I did it. Um, I did it during um, 
and I was like running an art camp like one summer, like years ago, and because uh, all like the kids, my kids needed like to be you know take my daughter needed to be taken care of, and then also like some of my friends' kids, and I'm like, well, why don't they just like you know come here? Because like my work was like pretty slow, and like I don't know, it was kind of a it was kind of a night. I mean, it was fun, but it was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> I don't t- totally see you as the as like the camp manager type. I could totally see you teaching art, but I, I can't see you like corralling kids. There was like five, I think there was like four four of my friends' kids, and then my own kid. Um, but anyway, so like I would just they would swim in the pool, and I would sit there and draw. A great lifeguard, you know. He's just sitting there drawing. <laughs> he's just been staring <laughs> at that pad the whole time. Um, he didn't even uh, see Jimmy drift into the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I would like sit there and you know watch him, you know, swimming in the pool, the shallow end, and then um, uh, just sketching. And then I, I sort of like started drawing these little characters. Um, that uh, everything took place in a pool. So um, I just made these little vignettes, kind of like Ernie and Bert. Mm-hmm. And um, like they just had like, these little exchanges. And then, but then I started building out like these more, more characters kept showing up. I'm like, oh, what if like all of the, everything that took place was just this universe was just at this pool. I mean, because like when I was a kid, I hated, I hated um, public pools. Like it was like a nightmare. So like, everybody's like, oh, we're going to go swimming. Ugh, I hated it so much. And it was like, just because I'll, I was a little kid, you know, I was like, wasn't like a, you know, a big guy. I was like a skinny little, like, dude. So right. it's <laughs> even more intimidating. Into this like chaotic soup of kids <laughs> <laughs> just like punching each other. And like, I would always get, somebody would always like elbow me right in the eye with like, you know. Um, While you were in the pool? Or yeah, just, in- just like, not, I don't know if it was on purpose, but I would just I always remember getting cracked in the head by like elbows and stuff and kicked Jesus. and like. And, the, and I couldn't believe that game. everybody was having such a good time. And I'm like, why can't I have a good time? <laughs> I felt I, exactly. Why, why, so, my, why am I so miserable in this, like, you know, in this place that's supposed to be some, like, recreational fun? And it's just like, I don't know, it was not fun at all. Is it because you felt, I mean, you were just sort of vulnerable and intimidated, right? Well, that, but I'll, also, like, I. I couldn't really mind the fun from like, you know, just this, like all this chaos going on and this aggression and like, you know, kids splash. Everybody was always splashing each other, like right in the face. And I just remember always getting splashed, like directly into my, like right into my eyeballs. Right. You know, just like the chlorine. Yeah. And so I just like, I didn't like it. Um, so I never, I've never really liked um, swimming in like public pools or like, you know, hotel pools or anything like that. I never did either unless they're empty or virtually empty. Like I, I really love being in water. I just can't stand being around crowds of people. And often they're like, they smell like sunscreen or they're, they're just like greasy and gross and sharing the water with you. And it's just gnarly. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I'm not into that. that whole and it's thing. like l- loud and crowded. I just, I just had the, it's like the equivalent of being on a lake, but the lake is full of jet skis and, boats and you know yeah yeah you want to just go there and enjoy it but you can't no i know and i was always like i mean i was always thinking to myself like and 
not only in like public pool situations, but just in like, in general, like mass, like, uh, happenings, you know, like where people, I guess where people are like being entertained and they're, you know, just like in, in any such like situation where there's like crowd, even like if we're like all like crowded and seats, like listening to somebody talk and like everybody's nodding their heads or like, you know, they're all, they're all like being entertained or something. For some reason, I'm always just like, I, like, I just never like got it, you know? Yeah. I'm, I felt the same way connected from, from that sort of like, uh, not that I'm like, you know, I think, well, I'm so much better than this. I just like, I'm like, I don't really, uh, I don't really understand like why this is supposed to be funny. And like, you know, like there's like, you know, in school when you'd go to those like gatherings in the cafeteria, and, like, you know, it's like a play or something. And all the kids are like, like totally laughing. And I'm just like, I hate this. <laughs> I, I can relate so, so deeply. I um, but I wonder do you remember there ever being like a little bit of self-righteousness about it? Like sort of like you are better than, you know, like, um, cause as a kid or even a young adult, I think there is some of that. If, if you're of that type, like I just was like, no, this is, if everybody else likes it this much, maybe there's something about it. That's not, not cool enough or something. Yeah. I guess like, um, I guess like, yeah, I, I can see maybe I had that sort of outlook to it. Like, I mean, I was, I don't think of in a snobby way, but like, just like, um, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't like being in like big crowds. I've never really liked being in big crowds. Yeah. Well, that's, that's its own thing for sure. And that can interfere with your enjoyment of anything. Yeah. Like, I, I really like, I can't really go to movies. Well, these days, it's not happening anyway, but for, for years now, I've not liked going to the movies because I feel like there's just constant distraction, you know, They're like, and then I start to get mad and resentful at the actual people. Like, you don't, you don't know how to watch a movie properly, you know, right? just sit quietly and enjoy it. You don't have to comment or eat or be on your phone. So, but, so I just stopped going, but I love the experience of going to see a movie in the theater. So it sucks that it's only the crowds that make it not fun anymore. Yeah. And I mean, and just like, just me talking about it makes, I mean, makes me think like, Oh, I must like, you know, be like an antisocial person, but I'm not, you know, I'm like, I like to, I like to do things. I love going on the, I used to love going to the drive-in movies, probably more than like the regular, um, the regular uh, movies. Well, you're in luck because they're coming back. I know. I was like, I was super excited when I saw the. Um, yeah, they're gonna about like drive-ins are back, and I'm like, oh, like we got all because I've seen so many movies. I've seen so many films at um at the drive-in. Do you remember the first one, or it's or like the first memorable one? The first, the one that sticks out in my head most is um is uh, paint your wagon, the one with Clint Eastwood. Where you oh see yeah. It. And um, because it was playing with a cartoon, which was uh, Peter and the Wolf. Oh, cool. And my, Is... I just remember my dad falling asleep. And so he like went in the back of the station wagon. He was snoring. <laughs> and like, I just remember watching like Peter and the Wolf just being like, my mind was just like, you know, blown. Because just to see like an animated thing, like on a gigantic screen like that was like, you know, it was just, for me, it was just kind of mind blowing. I'm like, I remember seeing like Disney films, like for the first times, like the 
jungle book and like on a gigantic screen and just like i couldn't be i couldn't like i didn't even know what it was (laughs) it does seem sort of larger than life and and sort of amazing that you can do it outside at night like that like be and just and and in that setting for some reason maybe because everybody's in their own car or kind of in their own space it doesn't feel overwhelming like it's somehow it's okay there to be in a crowd i guess because you know you could just close your doors or leave or whatever you know you can yeah separate yourself. Well, I, well, I also i think uh as a teenager we used to go all the time because we'd bring our um we'd bring our lawn chairs uh-huh. and beers and stuff and um you know sit out and uh sit out and watch the movies and i mean it was just always kind of like a big party yeah you know like other friends would come and like we would have like basically like all these chairs just like sort of like gathered around and like um would you, know, you sneak people going on there what's that would you sneak people in the trunk yeah we i i did that a few times yeah, me too. in the trunk and then having people snuck in you know that was just even, even though tickets were only like two bucks at the <laughs> time. we're getting away with something but um but the uh um but I was saying like with the, uh, with the, uh, public pool, um, you know, with a, the, the kids playing in the pool. And so like, that's where I got the idea for that. And so, um, back to how I got the idea for catch the munchies, which is like the, the, uh, the book, um, I was at the beach again by water and, I saw a little kid eating fast food and I just thought like, well, you know, what if he like chucked it in the water, chucked a French fry in the water. And then there was these monsters that like ate the food and sea monsters that, you know, came out of the ocean after they ate the French fry and like they wanted more. So they like, they go and try and find more and then, you know, dot, 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 what would happen? You know, and then I thought of like, you know, maybe there's this fast food worker who like works at, you know, uh, a, you know, a cheeseburger restaurant and the monsters come, you know, the monsters jump in, like the monsters jump into like this hippie van and they start driving down the road. I mean, it just gets kind of like more crazier. And then they, uh, they drive up to the fast food restaurant and where the the kid is working. Um, and he suspects that they're not actually hippies. They're actually like these hairy sea monsters. (laughs) So he's the first one to catch on. Yeah. And that's That's how the story started. And then I remember, I remember, um, I think pitching it like years ago to a book place and they suggested like, what's his backstory, you know? So I wrote this whole like backstory about what is, you know, why does Carlton Crumple like want to catch these monsters? So, so there's a whole chunk of the the beginning of the book. It was like written after the first, after the, you know, first part. That's cool. Was it, was it a a challenge for you to, to come to that or did it just flow out of you his backstory um i i just kind of tapped into like childhood stuff you know like what you know why does he believe in monsters and you know what what scares him and that whole thing well like what makes the character tick and like why is he doing what he's doing so it was always kind of like going back to like what the what's the character's like motivation you know the typical like you know story Right. Um, And is that, do you usually put yourself in the, in the character's 
Is it usually coming from your perspective when you're reflecting on what a child would think of? You know what I mean? Like, I, think, I mean, I think definitely with that, I, I put, and then not all the time. I mean, sometimes I just kind of, I think tap into like other, um, like what characters would do, but there's always like a, I think a little bit of like me in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't necessarily like think the character, the main character in this book is me. I mean, I'm probably more like, you know, one of the other characters, like, uh, the, there's like a little like iguana or, um, so the, so I kind of see like myself in little bits and pieces, but not really like the main character. Um, that's cool. Does that, does that happen automatically? Like, do you just find yourself relating? You're like, Oh, is this kind of like me, this character? Yeah. I think those things sort of pop out when you're, you know, you're not really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you kind of realize, Oh, that's like, you know, I mean, the kid has a, the kid has an older brother, you know, that scares him. And I had an older brother that scares me, you know, but that scared me, but like, that's so typical. I mean, it's like, so it's not really just based on like, you know, that's my brother and it doesn't really look like my brother, but like there's elements there, you know, that, right. that were inspired by, inspired by that, you know. And, and you can speak about it with understanding. Like you can, you, you can describe how that felt as any character because it is a thing that other, you know, people, people can relate to that situation and have experienced it themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the, it, it, it does feel like the typical sort of setup, you know, you have an older sibling and they're going to do that. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I think of, and I, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, cause I was always like, you know, like, you know, I tell my brother, I'm like, he used to like scare me all the time and like, like do mean stuff. And then I was like, well, what if I, cause I was the youngest, you know, and I didn't really have like a, a you know, a younger sibling to do that. I'm like, you know, I probably would have done that too. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, did you ever find yourself picking on ki other kids as if they were your younger brother? Like, did you transfer any of the bullying? Um, you know, I do remember being like, I was bullied, like, and there was this kid that, that terrorized me and I like, you know, was afraid to go outside. And, um, in your neighborhood or at school? Yeah. Yeah. In my neighborhood. And, um, oh. and, uh, I do remember like, I do remember being at school, like in middle school and there, and like me and my friends, like, like, uh, there was like this new kid. And like, for some reason we decided, like he was wearing like green, like PE shorts or something. Like everybody else had like red, whatever the color was, you know? Right. We like Nick, like we gave him like this nickname, you know? And then like, for some reason, like, and then he kind of like, he kind of like fought, like fought back. And then like, so then my friend had this like vendetta with him. They, he would just like start like terrorizing his like locker and like doing all kinds of, you know, like really crappy stuff. And I think the kid even had to like get transferred, like out of the school. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. So a whole bunch of people picked on him. Yeah. It was, and it sucked. It was like, and I still think back on that. I'm like, you know, cause I got picked on and like, but then like that, it's that whole, like, you know, that herd mentality of like, you know, oh, now this, you know, I'm not picked on now. I'm not the picked on one. Right. It's like now this, now it's this, now it's this person. And it's just terrible. Well, but it's such a relief if you have, if you've been the victim of it to, to suddenly not be. So you're willing to like let it happen to someone else. As long as it's not happening to you, it's like, you don't like it any, you know, 
but you like it better than when it's when you're the focus, right? Well, yeah, I think in that, at that age too, you know, it's like you feel like more, uh, you know, you feel more empowered, but it's not like a good. It's no, it's a terrible not, feeling. Yeah, it's like, and then, and then deep inside, you're just like, this is not cool. You know, you know, it's not cool. It's you feel terrible about it, but like, right? Yeah, it's it's morally wrong, and you know it, and you can't help but know it. Um, but you have to, you have to work around it in order to be. Uh, there's so many things that we do just to to like stay safe when we feel threatened and that's one of them just like the transference of ugliness you don't want it directed at me i'm going to deflect to this other more vulnerable person just so yeah. shitty but do you cuz i had that same that that same thing happened at probably at every school i went to where somebody either they transferred in or they were just they were just sort of everybody's uh, flogging, you know, they're just like the person that got it from everyone. But the thing that's, I'm, I'm just now realizing, well, maybe not, but I'm thinking about the, the, the kids who got picked on, but fought back often wound up getting it even worse. Like that, like people were actually annoyed at them for having any kind of will of their own. So they would try to, Oh yeah. They would work harder to break them. It was, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. That, that, that happened. And it was, and always seemed like it was like my friend who was getting into these like battles with like the, the nerd kid, you know, and like, and the, and the kid, yeah. A lot of times the kid would like, would fight back. And then it just became this like ongoing, like, you know, vendetta, of like getting this, you know, kid bag. And at that point I was just like, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't really join in. It was just like, he was kind of obsessed with like, you know, getting him kid and like making sure their life was miserable. Yeah. Man, how fucked up to, it's so amazing that that stuff, it starts super early and it doesn't happen to everybody, but at, at some point everybody's pulled into those sorts of things. But the, those poor kids, I mean, I got picked on a lot and, uh, but then I grew big and some people stopped messing with me. Other people started messing with me more like, you know, little guys that had something to prove. Right. But, but I was clear, I was aware of my size and the fact that it was intimidating to some and I would, I would use it in that, you know, I didn't beat people up. I hated physical violence, but I would just be super menacing in my presence, you know? Yeah. And I learned how to make faces that looked really fucking mean. I didn't, I didn't like sit in the mirror and practice, but I just, I realized one day when I caught myself in that state where I was like, God, I'm being such a fucking asshole, you know? And I saw the look on my face. I was like, yep, that's the face of an asshole. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and I think, well. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I mean, I, I don't remember until my, until like midway through high school, probably I was always wary of some element of, of the school that I want, you know, there's somebody in the school who could beat me up or wanted to beat me up or, you know, would if they, whatever, if the circumstances allowed. Um, so I don't remember ever like having a peaceful worry-free day in, in school. Cause there's like somebody who's going to fuck with me. Either they say I look like a girl or my, you know, I have bottled, I have giant glasses or whatever. 
stupid hair, bad clothes, whatever it is. Right. Um, so yeah, at some point I just got fed up and, and decided I, I need to turn the tables, but I wish I had known that you don't have to turn the tables. You can just step away from the table and just be like, I'm not participating in on either side. So let's talk more about your creative stuff. I, I want to know when you're going to publish uh, Waterpipe 77. Um, I would love to try and get that, you know, published. And I think maybe, you know, maybe now that, um, maybe now that I have a, a book out and well, I mean, it, it's a book series. So uh, that, um, you know, having that out and then the next one comes out and the next, so like, having yeah, that adds credibility out there, out there in the universe um in the book world you know because i'm so new to the book world i've been in that you know the animation world off and on for so long um that it's it's i'm not really sure how it works you know it's like um i i think getting something published and 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 you know, getting it out there, I, I, I don't think it's really sunk in yet in my brain. Like I see, like I, I see it on like, you know, at, at, on online and I see the book and then I can, you know, go to different places and I'm like, Oh, it's selling here and it's there. And it's, you know, but, and I went to, I went to Barnes and Noble and like, you know, saw it there and I was just like, wow, that's a trip. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it, it fully like, you know, it has hit me that like, it's, I have a book out there. I don't know. And I know that sounds You're a published weird. author, but yeah. So, and, and, and to be able to like, and that kids will be able to like read it and enjoy it and, and laugh at it and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah. uh, since we're in lockdown, I'm not able to, not able to do, uh, um, the things that were planned, you know, like the book tour or go to stores or to schools and, talk to kids and that whole thing. So I'm trying to kind of navigate how to, how to, you know, there's a marketing team with the publisher. So it's like, they're talking about, you know, there's these different things we can do, you know, via the computer. Um, is, Cause that's what everybody has to do. So, you know, right. um, I haven't, I haven't really done any of those things yet. I did a test um, zoom sort of with some relatives, um, kids to, did to read the book, but. Um, how did that go? Um, I think it went well. I mean, uh, there were some glitches, but, 
Carol helped me a lot because I'm like, I, uh, for one thing, I have to read the book and then I'm also doing the voices. Greta did, a vo- uh, did one of the voices um, of one of the cool. characters. So she helped out. And then, um, but I was, you know, I was doing a lot of the voices and then I have to worry about all the technical stuff like, you know, doing Zoom and, oh, the, this person's waiting in the waiting room all this stuff. I'm like, right. Can't, like I, I can't I can't my with my brain I'm just like you know if I can just focus on reading the book and like you know I just well and you're doing like five characters right what's that you're reading like five different character voices at least yeah 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 I was reading <laughs> reading all the voices and and then um you know and then we did have like a technical thing go wrong and I can't remember what happened, but it was something with the sound but, or something. And, but if but, you were going to do that with, if you're going to do it with the publisher and their whole team, then they would have all that stuff yeah. set up and running smoothly and you wouldn't have to worry about anything. You just show yeah, up. I haven't. Um, so I haven't done anything like that uh, with them. And I'm sure there's things that are planned to, to do all that kind of stuff. But like I was saying before, it's like the, the book world is like, it's so new to me. And, um, and then I was thinking like back to your original question, because I'll go crazy if I like go off topic and I don't come back to what we were talking about. Um, you were talking about Waterpipe 77, which is like a, it's not really a kid's book. It's more for, um, I guess it's a, it's, I mean, it's a coming of age story, but it's based on my life, my life growing up and being a, in, in middle school. Um, but since it's like a darker kind of, um, comedy sort of based in reality and not really about like the kind of things that it's a different you know you know i'm saying like it's a different it's a different audience it's a whole different like how do i like go from like you know now that i have these you know this this thing published over here like would i have to like do this book like under a different name like i haven't really researched it you know what i'm saying like right like what if oh, the kid the, the kid that reads this book and they say this book gets published like and I'm probably overthinking the whole thing it's just like no that's that makes it. sense it makes sense to consider that stuff you could easily do it with the pseudonym um well the kid's name in the book since I made up my I, I have a fake you know I have I have a made up name like in in Waterpipe so it's like you know I call myself something I think my name's Andrew or something so if that's the, that could be the name of the author you know it's just like yeah. Well, I don't think that, I mean, you could, you could cross that bridge at the time. Uh, but I think of getting that piece of, I, I think getting that piece of writing out to people is important. I think it's a really great, I haven't actually finished it. I, and I think I've sat, I've started it many times and I don't remember how far I've gotten, but just the fact that I have it as a PDF and I don't like to read on a screen I think that's the only reason. Like if I had it as a book, I'd be tearing through it. But I feel a little bit embarrassed to say I haven't finished. But I love I love it. Like I love everything I've read so far. No, thanks. And I really fun writing. I would love to see it it come into fruition somehow. Yeah, I think that's the next um you know that's the maybe the next thing that I I mean I'm still I'm writing working on the third book in this Carlton Crumple creature catcher series. So, um, and then if they want to do more books, I'll, you know, do more of those. And, but at the same time, like this thing's already written. So 
and this and it wouldn't be through this publisher because I don't they don't that's not the genre they're they're doing like kids graphic novels so it would probably be through a different one so yeah I have to f yeah figure out how all of that would work but I would love to um you know I had a f I mean I really enjoyed writing it I was kind of sad when I was done writing it because I was like I was like closing the chapter on that like world and also too since you, it's you know it's um it's based in reality you know some of it's embellished but it's it's autobiographical creative, they call it creative nonfiction, right so um it was interesting writing that and experience like experiencing memories and things like that and then sort of adding things in timelines to make things work more in the story and so then now i have like this memory i'm like of the book world but then like the real memory and i'm like which was the real thing you know it's, yeah that's with my um my my uh timeline in my in my head of memories you know what i mean like it kind of i have this memory of this thing happening i'm like actually that didn't happen that didn't happen then you know like i, I right. we, we stole a car and i crashed into a tree i'm like that didn't happen until um until i was a freshman but i moved you know i moved that event into middle school which was just like a year you know so i kind of squished that event so but i keep reminding myself i'm like that didn't actually happen in middle school that happened when i was in high school if i tell that story um mm. because i you know what i mean like I, I fused some things together so yeah i don't know how anybody keeps their life straight from you know going back that far i have lots and lots of memories and lots of them are quite vivid but they're jumbled they're not there's almost no chronology I can't really place things in time unless there's some other landmark occasion that happened to be near nearby. Yeah, time is time is time is a strange thing, you know, and in memories too. And like when people tell stories, and like you know, if you've heard somebody tell a story, like somebody you know or a relative or something, and you're like, okay, here's this story again, and each time the story changes, and it's you're like it's getting it gets a little bit more, you know. Um, amazing and magical yeah they become a little more the hero each time they tell it yeah um yeah i know that i know i i'm sure i was guilty of that at, at some point yeah i mean i've done it i mean i've, I've you know I've done yeah. um, it's it, funny what we'll do just to like just to present the package you know we'll, we'll just yeah. tw twist ourselves into these uncomfortable positions to make it look pretty for others and sacrifice our own integrity and, you know, emotional health and everything else. It's pretty weird. Why do we care so much about what other people think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that is a good, but, good question. I mean, it's one nice thing about getting older. What's that? I say some people think some people say they don't really care, but I, don't, I, I guess I think everybody cares. I think everyone cares at some level because we're wired to. We're wired to. Maybe it has to do with you know finding a mate or you know a, a group of uh, comrades to hang with. But I don't know. There's some need to to seek approval that I think is wired in. I think. I mean. You know, when I think about like the, the, you know, things that I've sort of pursued, like, 
in my life, you know, and like in my art and, and career and stuff and like, you know, make like I've like when I was little, like I, I definitely like I saw cartoon, like I think I told you, like when I saw cartoons on the TV or like in reading Peanuts comics and stuff like that, I'm like, I just knew in my head, like I want to create like stuff, you know, I want to want to create stories and things like that. And but along with that is almost like there's also like the the recognition and the um, and the kind of like look at me factor or you know, whatever it is that like, because it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a medium that is presented to the, to the public, you know what I mean? As an entertainment. So, right. But, but I, but I love telling, but I love drawing. I love telling stories, whether it's cartoons or now it's books. It's like, you know, I love to like create worlds and, and share them, you know, with people. Um, but there is a part of it that's like, you know, what do people think of it? You know, or what, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that whole, like what you're talking about, like that recognition kind of thing um, it is, is definitely, I think, you know, part of it psychologically. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to remove that entirely or if you should or need to. Um, it seems like that's, if that's, I, I mean, I think as with anything, like if, if too much of the focus goes to that one thing and that becomes your only driver, then it's not really healthy. It's not a good way. You know, you become an egomaniac. Yeah. And and also like in, in doing like, I've never been particularly, uh, good at, or not, I don't say good at, but just like, uh, liked, you know, doing it. I don't know if anybody really does, but like, um, self-promotion and, I don't know any artists who like self-promotion, like doing that part. Yeah. Some people are really good at it, but. Some people are really good at it. And I'm, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it, but like, I just, after a while, I'm just like, Oh, me again. You know what I mean? Like totally, you know, putting, even putting stuff up on Instagram or like promoting it that way. Um, it's like, I get sick of myself, you know? And I'm like, Oh, like what must people think? And you just like, this is all, but, but at the same time, it's like, it's my like livelihood. It's like, I'm, I'm promoting things. I'm like, you know, uh, it's part of the, it's part of the job, quote unquote, you know, whatever. So. um, Yeah. You have to maintain a presence or you will be forgotten. Yeah. So, um, so I have to kind of remind myself not to like think that, you know, think that way, but. uh, I have the same exact thing. I mean, it's, I, I, I have so much reluctance around using that stuff, partly because of who owns it and, and then all the data mining bullshit and the, you know, I'm, I just, I'm not a fan of selfie culture or, you know, just the idea that every single human has their own platform and should be looked at or recognized or, you know, I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't, not everyone is allowed. I'm just saying when everyone does, it just becomes too much. It's, it's absurd to think that everybody's going to, you know, have the patience to actually pay attention to one individual out of 7 billion plus. I mean, there aren't that many on social media, but there are, there are billions, which is just nuts to think about. Yeah. Billions of people all with their own profile and backstory and whatever. I mean, I I like, I like Instagram because it's like, I like seeing, like, I like seeing other like illustrators and like, uh, you know, yeah. artists and, 
it's great know, for visual like stuff. It's yeah, great for video and, and visual art and, you know, photography. It's really a great way to share that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, you know, and, and I'll discover some like illustrator or something I never even knew about. I'm just like, Jesus, look at this guy. Like, like, I can't believe like his output, like, like, yeah. Or whatever it is, you know, just, uh, so I like it for that. Um, I, I try, I try not to follow too many people that are just, you know, it's just in the, where it's an extension of Facebook. And I'm like, that's like, I don't want to see like your food. <laughs> yeah. It's not, actually, sometimes, no, that's not true. Sometimes I'm like, uh, there's some, some pretty good, uh, there's some pretty good food ones that are, they're very beautiful. Like I'm like, Oh damn, look at that sushi. So yeah. I say that like, that, if people want to post food, that's, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. I, I have a hard time not judging the things that aren't for me. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's just if it uh, exactly, just, especially just, if you're a foodie person, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm um, I'm not. I I like food a lot, but I'm not a foodie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and while I appreciate really fancy, you know, presentation and stuff like that, it just doesn't get me excited. Uh, and it does. Well, it, it gets yeah. some people really excited, and that's great. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, if, if something's like, if you take a picture of a beautiful, like meal that you cooked and it looks like, I mean, it looks like art, you know, I'm just like, oh, that's cool. But like, yeah. if somebody's just like, like having the, you know, having the so-and-so, the, the whatever mission, right. half-eaten burrito. Burger, burger at the beach. Yeah. And it's like, it's like half-eaten. It's just like, yeah. That's want to see that, pretty gross. There is an audience for the half-eaten food. <laughs> I guess so. I'm not sure why. I only joined Instagram for the half-eaten food. That's right. I only I, I only follow half-eaten food hashtags <laughs> and accounts. That's disgusting. I like I like uh, I like seeing other people's bite marks. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there are. There is a group of people that are on Instagram just for that. Well, that's an interesting thing to think about is like just how far the little fetish groups could go now that everybody's got a place to do it. You know, you could mm-hmm. go, you could have this little secret society that maybe is not so secret anymore, but you, you, you have like, it, it is good for a lot of people, if you, especially if you live, you know, sort of isolated from a bigger community. To, it's good to be able to find your people. And my, so, my, uh, my daughter and her friend were telling me, um, about somebody on, is it YouTube or some like, YouTube star or something? And he basically just like, I think he's just sits there and eats like Taco Bell. <laughs> That's his whole channel. <laughs> and he's like a, like a popular, like YouTube star. Does he review it or I, must... know. I think he just sits there and like eats like a, like a big, like like maybe orders like everything on the menu. I'm not sure. Like I've never seen oh, okay. it. I'm not sure I really want to see it, but they were saying like, yeah. And he, he, and they said he kind of seems kind of miserable, but he's just like, this is what I have to do. Eat burritos for the public. That's so fucked up. I, I, if he's actually not happy doing that and feels, he feels like he has to, to satisfy his fans. That's worrisome. That sounded like what this. That sounded like what the situation was. It's like, uh, well, you can't like change it up. It's like that's what you're. That's what you're famous for. Then you know that's. 
Well, that's when it's time to stop being. It's time to stop being famous. If you got to stop, you got to not do it. If that's, you know, if it makes you miserable, I don't. I don't know. I I feel like if I were a YouTube star for doing nothing, I'd feel pretty miserable too. You know, like if I had nothing. There's so many people who are famous for doing nothing. You know, they're they're pretty, or they know the right person, or they. I don't know. They bought a hundred thousand followers. I don't know what the hell, but it's, if you don't feel like you have value, your only value is, you know, supported by other people liking you, then you're, you're not going to be happy no matter how much Taco Bell you can eat. Yeah. I think that's, I think that, I think that guy is probably the, the sort of, uh, the symbol of that, what you just said, you know, it's like, if you want to be the guy just sitting there eating Taco Bell, but you're famous. Right. But what is, yeah. What is, what does, I don't, I don't understand what people derive from just simply from fame itself. You know, I can understand if he, if it's like getting him, maybe he's getting Taco Bell promotion deals and millions of dollars then he would be more excited about doing it. But if he just has a whole bunch of people who like, who are like voyeuristic and like to watch him suffer through eating too many tacos, I don't know what the hell. Isn't it said that the, the thrill of not the, not the um, Andy Warhol thing that everyone's famous for 20 minutes, or maybe it is that. um, 15, you only have 15, 15 minutes, but uh, you know, the feel like that you, once you're famous, it's like you, it lasts for like a half an hour, like the, the rush of it or something. Uh-huh. After that, it's like, just kind of like a pain in the ass, but maybe that's not true. I don't know. I'm sure it's different for different people, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't, if I, if I were going to be known for something, I would want it to be something good, something that I did or, or created, you know, I don't, I don't want to be famous for being having a certain last name or, or, you know, like that, that's more like infamy. That's not something that you really want attached to you. Some, I don't know. I just think it's, there's no value in it. If, if you, the, I guess the value in being famous is that it grants you access to all kinds of things that you otherwise wouldn't have. But if you're not able to take advantage of those or they're not provided, then what does the fame itself really do for you? And, and what, how do you use that access? You know, if you're using it for your own, uh, just hedonistic desires and nothing else, then you're probably not going to be super happy with it. But if you're really famous and then you have this platform to use for public speaking and, you know, bringing awareness to issues and you do that, then that's a great, in my opinion, that's a great use of celebrity. Right. And, and almost a reason to attain it. If you, you know, if you want to have a big enough voice, you might have to get your face, you know, you have to become known for something. But the thing that's amazing in our culture is that you could be, I mean, the Kardashians get beaten up on a lot because they're the prime example, but you know, what the fuck did any of those kids do other than just grow up as Kardashians? And, and they're considered pretty by enough people 
to, to like use that angle. Well, but what was their achievement? They were already famous before they could do anything. So, and I don't think that's healthy for a human being to grow up like that being, you know, being lauded and, and, you know, adored by millions for no reason. It doesn't give you any kind of sense of self. of us who are alive right now are, are here to participate in and and view the reckoning of humankind like we're here we're here to see like take a good look at all the things we've done as a as a species and start to answer for it and unfortunately it took a whole lot of turning a blind eye for a really long time for it to finally accumulate to a point where you can't ignore it anymore and now it's coming out in every realm it's gonna it's you know there's a there's a pandemic there's fucking natural disasters there's refugee crises all over the world there's uh white nationalists starting race riots and you know it's there's it's crazy we're starting to watch like the craziness unfold i think and I don't, I think we're only at the beginning. Well, I think we're, we're at, um, we're at a, uh, what's it called? Like an evolution, uh, a evolutionary sort of point, you know, of a shift. And I'm, and I don't, I, I like to stay hopeful because I'm just like, this is like, you know, something humanity has been sort of heading toward and is it something that we 
kind of like, you know, go through and then like what's on the other, you know, what's on the other side. And I, I try and, I try and be hopeful of like, you know, it's a, a, it's a painful like paradigm, you know, to have to go through all of this, but, um, I don't know. Hasn't, but hasn't there always been stuff, you know, going on? Like, yeah, but we haven't always been having conversations about the things that aren't right. Like that seems to be sort of a new, a new thing to actually openly discuss whether willing or not, uh, and not always in a really composed way. Uh, we, we are sharing our personal views in a way that no one has done before. No one, no one's had access to quite so many individual views about the way things are. And I, I definitely, I mean, there's no doubt the hopeful approach is the better one. Um, it's what can get you through the hard times. And I don't mean to be, you know, all doom and gloom, but I do think that we're, we have to, this is our chance to, to come together and, and actually use our skills as communicators and, you know, our, our ability to care for one another is going to be tested. It is being tested. We have to, we're being challenged right now to see how far we're willing to step out of our own little protected environment to help other people in need. And I feel like we're just going to keep being shown examples of how we as individuals can step up to do that until we do it, until we actually start doing it in mass. And then the change comes. So yeah. I think that I think that everything we're facing right now is not the end of the world. I think it's the beginning of, of, uh, you know, more effort toward community living, and uh, or at least that's there's an opportunity for that. It's about whatever it's about for for each person, but um, to me, there's a huge opportunity to to get through this shitstorm and then come out stronger and better off for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with, I think I kind of agree with that uh, outlook on it, you know, and also because we, you know, we have kids and they're inheriting the, this world and yeah, what we inherited when we were little and growing up into and now it's like, you know, so if I say, so staying hopeful and, and thinking of, of it as like a, a, a growth, sort of like a very difficult uh growth period um is i guess i have to i have to be in that in that mindset um i can't like i can't really i'm not uh i don't think of myself as a as a pessimist person but i'm also like uh realistic you know like right but i i don't know i always t tend to think of like okay what what's the good that's like what what's can come out of this i'll never I, I don't like to ever remain like in like a bummed out period or like a um you know i always have to find like some kind of like light at the end of the tunnel like you know as opposed to just like everything and and yeah, i think you're That's probably great like no well i am i'm becoming more that way i've i have spent a lot of time dwelling in the in the muck and the mire of my own perception um and but i've had some recent success in shifting that 
shifting my focus and being a lot more positive. So, but it's, it's been a long time coming and, and I've definitely doing, done more than my share of ruminating on the ills of the world and of my life. But I, for the, for the same reason, I mean, when you have a kid, if you care about your kid, you can no longer give up or say, fuck it, or, you know, or be complacent. You have, you have to be, uh, you know, proactively, at least in your thoughts, you know, projecting a, a future for them that is good or is okay. And I find it really hard to do these days. Um, but I am, that, that is my, where a lot of my effort goes is toward being hopeful in spite of it all. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, I, I'm trying to remain in that sort of, um, mindset too, you know, and it's hard. Cause like, you know, there's like all these, all these things that are happening and at the same time, you know, like all at once, it's like, uh, it's, it's rough. A bit, it's, it's a bit much. You know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it is. But what? for some reason, I don't know why, like I, I, like I said, I'm just trying, I'm trying to stay, uh, positive and, and look for, you know, the solutions and, um, do you have a, do you have a way in which you do that other than just with, you know, in thinking about it, do you have any sort of practice that helps you stay in that mode? Well, I mean, I just, I mean, I've always liked to make people laugh, you know, and I think that's just like something natural that I've liked you know, like to do. So I try and, I try and, um, I try and be outwardly like, you know, friendly and positive to people or make just like a little thing, you know, like even if you're at, you know, buying food or something. And I like to have like a little repertoire with people, you know, like that's positive, you know, like just just like whatever it is talking or, chit chatting or something like that just to make their day like a little bit you know better so i think in those ways um but am i out you know i should be doing more i mean it's it's overwhelming to like like what can i be doing like you know like what can we all be doing to like help like say the environment or you know yeah and there are things that you can do in little ways that you know can can help um but i think in 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 dealing with people and things like that. Um, um, I don't think it's, you know, one thing I, I'm, I should really stop doing is, is, you know, going on Facebook and doing political things, but I feel like, and I, cause it's not going to change anything, but like, I, I feel like, um, so, like silenced, like being silent in any, like, I'm just, we're not going to talk about like politics or any of the, terrible things that like the president's doing or anything like that, because it's just too much. Um, you know, so I, and I know Facebook is not like going to change anybody's mind, but I like, there's a line in a, in a REM song. I think it's, uh, I think it's like ignore land. And I can't remember the exact line, but I've always liked is like, I know this is, there's something about it. Like I know this is just vitriol. I know this is just vitriolic. Um, spleen venting but i feel better having screamed something like that i'm probably misquoting it but like uh i always like that because like it's like you know i i feel like i'm gonna explode if i don't 
let it out in some way, you know, like, and I know it's not going to change somebody's mind, especially on Facebook, you know, but it's like, what about these people that like voted for this monster? You know, it's just like, don't, you know, yeah. what, what do you have to say? Like, what do you have to say? Like, seriously. And I don't want to go down the, I, I really don't want to go down that. The, 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 no, you know, I know. Path, I know. But I know what you're know, saying. It's like, and it makes me want to just like, it makes me want to scream. Like, it's just like, I don't, I don't understand. And it's not about, and for me, it's not about politics. It's about decency. Right. It's about human decency. And if you've lost your way and you don't understand what human decency is anymore, then that's a problem, you know, that's a problem. For sure. And I don't, I just don't, it's really hard for me to understand it. Yeah, me too. It always has been. And, um, and it's hard to believe the extent to which it's the lack of decency has gone and how pervasive it is. Uh, but I feel like it's there has really frightening. It is frightening. Yeah. Uh, and, but I feel like there have to be, I don't know. I'm always trying to think of what, a, what the most productive way to approach it would be. And I, and I don't always know if it is what I'm doing. You know, I, I make a lot of protest art and I don't know if that's, good or bad. I'm sure some people react to it poorly because they don't want to be reminded or they don't, I don't know. I mean, certain individuals, you just don't want to see their face that much. Um, but I think there has to be, I don't think that we're the arenas that we've chosen to, uh, play out this battle are the ones where it can be, where anything can really be moved. I don't think it's going to happen in our political system or in our social media. Uh, I think there's got to be more community like connection where people actually are meeting other people. And it might just have to happen a little at a time over a very long period, but it's got to be that and not civil war. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't get to that. So again, like I, I try and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I bring it back to the worst possible. Uh... No, no, but it's it's good to talk about it. You know, I mean, it, f it actually feels good to talk about it because uh, you know it needs to be talked about and addressed, and it's happening in our world. And uh, like yeah, said, our kids and everyone that's growing up into it. You know, right? I I just can't imagine. Like, I I just can't imagine. Like. I always try and imagine like what like what do people who like support Trump like what do you tell your kids like how do you talk to your kids don't you like don't you don't you teach your kids not to behave that way like what and then you so I mean I can go I can again I can go down that river and, and I, I don't yeah. really want to but I'm just saying like I, I I'm just trying to understand like I'm trying to understand like what like how are how are you talking to them about, about that behavior like about that like well in most I, cases i think they're not talking about it it's either ignored or it's you know when it's addressed it's swept under the rug or you know and and also oftentimes the you know one or both parents are modeling that same behavior like they're actually caught up in that that shitty stuff too you know where you're you're miserable so you make your kids miserable 
Yeah, and I think it, uh, the the big part of the I think a big part of it that that affects me the most is like it comes back down to that like you know the bully mentality and it and and it in in the the bully kid I always say like the bully kid on the playground is like you know you don't want the bully to punch you in the face so like there's all there's always like a degree of uh, of uh, or I mean a certain group of kids that will jump on to the bully's team because you know they're not going to get punched so yep then now they're like and i've never liked that kid anyway so it's like yeah so like so i think a big part of it too is like they don't care what they don't care like what he says or what he does or how bad it gets as long as it's you know like owning the liberals or whatever it is it's like there's no degree that's going to you know be get war you know that's going to change their minds it's it, the worse it gets it's almost like the better it is for them it seems like it yeah and they don't know they don't get it that it's a that it could turn at any moment it could be directed at them and you know and it and it has been we keep seeing evidence of the people who are betrayed and the others still play the lottery you know well as long as it's not as long as I'm not being bullied, I don't care who is. It's the it's a, it's just like what we were talking about going way back to early childhood. Yeah. We've we've come full circle. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good time to wrap it up even though I would I would have loved for it to be a happier note. Let's uh well let, let's let's say let's give some uh, and since you don't like to self-promote, I'm going to I'm going to promote for you. Um you have the, the first in a series of three uh, books was just published, correct? Yeah, the, fir- the first book was just published. And will you say the title again? It's called, um, it's called Carlton Crumple Creature Catcher. Um, catch, and this book's called Catch the Munchies. Nice. Uh, the second one is called Tater Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working on the third one. It's called Reptoids from Space. So... Awesome. So you did incorporate that space idea eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the first, the first idea was uh, was the monsters get the fast food wrapper and come to Earth, and then it changed to the, the sea creatures. So yeah, I do, I do get to put a lot of those, uh, some of those earlier ideas into the into the next one. That's always fun to be able to things that you can't use in something, then you can put into some into the next one. Or, yeah, yeah, I like that recycling but um but yeah no i'm 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 excited it's 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 a lot of fun it's fun to make them it's fun to write them it's fun to draw them and uh um fun to see them and fun to be able to hold it in my hand and like you know look at it and like you know it's for some reason like a book as opposed to like an animated cartoon it's like you can the fact that i can hold it and like you know open it and turn the pages is 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 a cool thing um because it's it's neat Completely. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. A tangible object. No one can deny it. it. It's, it's a measure of permanence that you don't get with a lot of media these days. So I, and I just love, yeah. I always love a book. I don't think, I don't think I'll ever, I think there are enough people on earth that books will always remain viable paper printed books. Yeah. And I think, re- you know, and, re- and reading, if I can contribute to the, you know, 
contribute to the world in that way where, you know, like more kids are reading or, you know, laughing or um, inspiring and like, oh, I can make a, you know, like you draw, like I do a thing where I draw them, draw the munchie characters. I'm like, you draw the munchies, you know, you can download these things where the kids can uh, draw the munch, you know, draw the munchies or draw a friend for the munchies, make up your own comics. So there's that, there's that, those kind of things that are, that are, uh, I think, fun and, um, and, uh, you know, encouraging creativity. So I like that. That's awesome, man. Well, as a, as a long, long time fan of your work, I'm really happy to see any and all of it uh, come to be. It's really super exciting to, to like having watched you draw and knowing that your work is absolutely its own thing and it deserves to be recognized um, as such. It's good. It's good to see it finally happening. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. Yeah, I really mean it. I mean, I've always loved watching things just pop out on the page and the fact that you can just fill book after book of these, you know, original characters that to me don't, I mean, there are others that look like imitations of it, but nothing, there's, there's something that you have that doesn't exist elsewhere as far as I'm concerned. So I appreciate you for it. Thank, thank you. I hope so. You know, and for your humor, your your sense of humor and your, you know, way of viewing the world. I, I relate in many many ways. Well, thank you for doing the um, the podcast. I listen to it while I, while I, um, you know, while I draw. So it's been it's it's a nice world to go into and listen to the conversations and uh, it's, um, you know, so you're mutually giving something back to me and uh i actually i gave you a little shout out in book two so oh shit yeah that's amazing thanks man i blew the surprise but you know i just uh i appreciate what you do too well you just uh, you just offered the surprise i just got it a little early that's awesome thanks man uh well yeah it's truly a pleasure it's always i always love talking to you and um and thanks for coming for round two all this all this time later thanks for having me (laughs) we live in a weirder world than we did back then it seems that's true but we'll we'll make it through weirding on (laughs) weird it up weird up weird out buddy (laughs) all right man well thanks for talking i love you love to the family and uh, your family as well thanks man uh well all right sounds good All all right bye bye thanks for listening everybody that was my friend david fremont and so he's an artist, an illustrator, an author now, uh, a creator of multiple animated series, uh, web web series. There's one called Public Pool, which you should definitely check out. Uh, another one called Glue that our friend Brad did the music for. And, of course, his books, the Carlton Crumple Creature Catcher series. 
uh, the first book being Catch the Munchies. So you can get the you can get the books at the usual places like Barnes and Noble and Amazon and such. But both Dave and I recommend that you go to bookshop.org because they give money to local bookstores. Um, so I think that's the best place to get it personally. And you can follow Dave on Instagram at D.A. Fremont. That's D-A-F-R-E-M-O-N-T. And there you can see uh, some of his daily sketches and, and just all the information about his work and how to find it. And someday he'll be able to do reading in person, I hope. So there is that. Uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, gratitude. I want to give special gratitude to my landlord for um, offering reduced rent when this whole thing happened. Uh, well, I, I asked for it, and she agreed. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And I also want to thank uh, those of my clients who helped carry me through some of this business as well as not being able to work stuff. And I am working again, by the way, but at about half capacity. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And since I'm doing forgiveness too now, or I'm trying to forgive myself actively all the time, and I think a lot of people need to do that. So I'm just going to, as whenever I remember, going to give for forgiveness to you and thereby to myself. Um, this time, it's for that time that you behaved badly and you knew better and you didn't admit to it and you've been holding on to it ever since and beating yourself up with it. Um, so yeah, it's time to let that go. Let's let, let's all be, uh, relieved at the loss of weight from old bullshit. And one more expression of gratitude uh, goes out to all the firefighters and emergency responders and people who are taking care of people in need during these chaotic times. So thank you all. Okay, I love everybody. Even the jerks. Don't be a jerk. I love you. <laughs>